and welcome to episode 11 of the SBK Saturday Night at Selections and a welcome back to Saratoga as well. We're finally away from Belmont Park, but I think five straight podcasts or so of Belmont Park racing. But Saratoga has already started at the time of recording. It carries on throughout this weekend and for the next few weeks as well. My name is Luke Elder. One person who is absolutely delighted that Saratoga is back is, is Tom Collins. It just feels, it just feels a bit, bit better, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. Saratoga is the best of the best in, in the States. Obviously, you get the Breeders' Cup and the likes, you know, Pegasus World Cup and meetings like that. But Saratoga is the best New York meeting, stretched over a period of weeks. Absolutely love it at the Spa. You've got the best racing, the best horses, and generally the best punting heats as well. Now, maybe this main race that we're about to cover today isn't the best punting heat. We're going to have a short price, only six runners, and they're dominated by Chad Brown as per. Um, but there will be lots of good punting heats over the next coming weeks. So make sure you do tune into this podcast on a weekly basis. Hopefully we'll point you in the way of a few winners at Saratoga. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was the heat or sleep deprivation, but when I was looking for the race a few moments ago just to get the race cut up, I was looking, Belmont aren't racing on Saturday. <laughs> like, I, can't I, find this. Well. I can't find this race. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's because it's not actually there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, we're so used to looking at Belmont over the last, I don't know how many weeks, I think it was like 12 or 13 weeks uh, for the spring meet. Prior to that, we had aqueducts as well. So it's really nice. It feels like this year we've gone from low-quality racing aqueducts, decent quality at Belmont, although not amazing, although you do have the occasional grade one. Now we're into the big stuff, the Royal Ascot of the US. I'm really looking forward to this, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's the one meeting, the one track that if you meet an American race car, they say, well, you have to get to the, to, to Saratoga or the Spa, as they call it. Uh, it's the, the, the meeting that almost everybody I think wants to uh, attend. Uh, if this is your first time watching the SBK Saturday Night Selections or listening to it, welcome. You can catch us on uh, any major podcast provider. You can catch us on YouTube. Just subscribe to the SBK account and you'll be notified uh, whenever uh, our a weekly show does uh, go up so you will not miss a single thing uh, last week if you did miss that we were talking about the, the belmont derby and um i still don't know how classic causeway won <laughs> no i know um prior to the race i didn't think he was a player um we kind of said that in the podcast uh, through the first quarter they went a relatively decent gallop when royal patronage tried to push classic causeway and i was thinking perfect this is setting up for both of our runners um it just didn't work out, did it? Joel Rosario just leant back on Royal Patronage, gave Classic Causeway the ease of just dictating the pace up front. Good ride by Julian Leffery, we should say that. Mm-hmm. After the first quarter, slowed it right down, kicked off the bend, and he just wasn't for catching. I still have a problem with the ride of my selection nations probably finished second. Frankie Tour has just not been at the game for the last few weeks. Um, I mean, it's been all over the news, but US races generally don't meet uh, the criteria for UK press coverage um but i think it was just a woeful ride really um he was stuck in a terrible position somehow he tracked through stefan pasquier on machete who was the only horse that was actually ridden worse than nation's pride in the race made a huge move down the back for absolutely no reason whatsoever frankie thought yeah you know what i'll track this one um unfortunately the the machete horse uh faded dr- drastically going around the home bend nation's pride caught in a pocket was halted in the run lost all momentum finished faster second still not over it I would just like to say last week on the podcast, I did mention reservations about Frankie in America. I, I don't think he's ridden yeah. well in North America for a while now. Uh, I, I would go back to, he rode Queen's Trust, didn't he? When she won yeah. the Philly Mare's turf, uh, beating Lady Eli. Around about then. He was awful at Keeneland when they had their, um, their Breeders' Cup a few years ago. He's, I don't know, he's a, I don't know if it's been linked to the whole Gosden thing that's been going on at the moment, but 
I, I don't know what it is. He, he used to be absolutely mustard. He used to be the first name he looked for, but now I'd almost try and avoid him. Yeah, I think it's kind of a sign of the times thing, isn't it? I mean, Frankie was the best rider for a number of years. And some people even said a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, that Frankie was still the best around. Look, we can't get away from the fact he's a very talented jockey. He's going to be a Hall mm-hmm. of Famer in UK terms. He's won so many group ones, but he's very much a confidence rider, isn't he? And at the moment with the whole saga about John and Lady Gosden and himself, that relationship, um, the fact he's you know going out there and trying to prove himself on a Thursday night on the all-weather tracks, for example... I don't think he has that confidence. And that kind of showed last week in the Belmont Derby. Yeah, well, I feel like if this was any other sport, you probably would make a bigger thing out of it. If, say, Cristiano Ronaldo wanted to join Man United, but was like, right, I'm only going to play two games a month or one one game a week, you'd be like, what? No, no, that's... What? No. But in racing, he kind of... It's become more accepted. I mean, Mike Smith over in America, he's taking more rides now. But there was a point, I think one year, he only had, by choice about 97 rides or something like that, which is, is mental, <laughs> but he was allowed to do it because he had earned it. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. I mean, you can understand it with these older jockeys. Maybe they don't have the fitness or the desire to ride in every race. Like you see, you know, riding in the undercard. I read Ortiz had 10 rides, I think, at Saratoga from 10 races on, on uh, Thursday. So um, you don't tend to see that with the likes of Frankie or Mike Smith, as you say. But at the same time, you need race practice to be at the top level. And if you're not racing all the time or performing all the time, you're not going to be at that elite standard that you require to win these big races. And as I say, that move just to follow Machete last week cost Nations pride. We should mention a couple of other horses as well in the Belmont Derby. Stone Age ran okay. I mean, I think that's kind of how we anticipated he'd run, right? Finishing third, he ran a nice race. Uh, Ryan Moore got some stick on Twitter. I thought he actually gave Stone Age a good ride. Um, yes, he did get a bump down the back when he was going uh, along the rail route, but he moved out on the bend, kind of pushed Frankie wide, actually, outrode Frankie around the bend. Uh, the horse just didn't have enough firepower in the closing stages to win. And let's touch on limited liability. I'll let you go ahead with this, but I just want to say, this horse is still in my tracker. He will win a big race. I'm still waiting for the challenge to be delivered on limited liability. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just watching out the back, I was like, hmm. I was actually I was actually out for dinner with with my partner Jasmine, and I was like, I just got to watch this one race, just quickly. Just, just like, all right, okay, fine. And I was sitting there, and apparently my face was just. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he win one, but it wasn't that one. No, he just lacks that speed, doesn't he? Yeah. He's staying on really powerfully in the closing stages. The first six were clear. Limited liability was just uh, a few lengths behind in seventh, and then there were miles back to the rest of the field. He was finishing his race off well, but he just really needs them to go electric from the start. I think if Royal Patronage did, did actually take Classic Causeway on and they went real fast gallop through the half, then maybe he would have featured. Um, the race just wasn't 100% run to suit. It wasn't not run to suit. They did go reasonably hard early and it kind of fell apart. But um, he's still on my tracker. I, I don't want to be ditching him yet. He'll go off nice prices as well in the mm-hmm. future. And one day we will cash in on limited liability. Yeah. Three years down the line, we will we will be there with limited liability. <laughs> um, we have got the, the Diana Stakes as the... Uh, race in focus this week uh, Tom not at Belmont yeah the feature of Saratoga the first grade one on Saturday it's going to be a great race um, it's a great card actually there are a number of uh, races we could have taken from the Saratoga card on Saturday to highlight here but the Diana Stakes not only features four Chad Brown runners but also features a Charlie Appleby runner so we have to cover this race yeah there's a number of races we could have taken tonight as well it's just a if Saratoga racing it's good stuff 
it, it doesn't matter what day it is, but yeah, it is very good Saturday night uh, fair. Uh, we'll get straight into uh, to things. I'm taking the, the odd numbers uh, as per normal. Thankfully, there's an even amount of horses this week, so me and Tom are going to do equal work for once. But we have got technical analysis as the the one horse who did manage to win the, the Gallaret last time around at Pimlico has generally been running in, in smaller field races that aren't quite as strong as this. This is a step up for uh, technical analysis, but is one of four runners in the race for the Chad Brown team. Uh, he's got four of the six in this uh, field and you have to think he'll win it with uh, one of them whether it be technical analysis i'm not sure the head carriage i must say is something that i'm not overly in love with uh, with the, the one horse but i know we'll be hearing a lot more about this horse in a, a few moments time definitely uh number two is creative flair charlie appy's running this race she's eight to one on the morning line not really considered a major player and i kind of agree with david aragona who's the morning line maker in new york this dubai we feel he's Red to run over two miles. I mean, she's been running over a mile or a mile and a furlong. Um, she has the stamina throughout her pedigree, and maybe she'll be seen to better light in future over longer trips. She's generally been campaigned in, in decent level races. Um, I mean, she ran in the jockey club um, over in the States last year over a mile three, but only finished fourth that day. Recently, she was seen in the Balanchine at Maidan. She won that race nicely. She was well positioned throughout. It was a weak field. She's going to have to take a big step up, and it's really difficult to imagine where she's going to sit in this, in this race. She has early speed, but not enough to lead. She has a good closing style, but she doesn't have a best turn of foot in the race. So Jamie Spencer, who takes the ride, has his mission cut out here on Creative Flair. But she's a great, a great runner in the race. Nice to have more European challenges in New York. Yeah, you mentioned his early speed in the, the race. There are a couple of pacemakers in there for the three horse. That's Bleecker Street, who might well be the next new star for the Chad Brown team. Has just been winning race after race after race. Managed to, to win at Tampa a couple of times a few starts ago. Uh, then went to Churchill and managed to win the, the Modesty uh, Stakes. Did that nicely, albeit it was only a Phillies grade three. Stepped up last time around at uh, Belmont. I thought that was a, a very, very good effort in the New York Stakes. Uh, was taken on horses in the, the same colours of, of Peter Brown, of uh, flighty lady virginia joy rougier who was race favorite at the time they're all pretty solid individuals and it was a race that really didn't suit bleaker street they, they went fairly slow on the front end bleaker street was right out the back but managed to get up late on in the day didn't actually win by uh, by all that far but it was the manner of the, the success over anything else that would would draw you to bleaker street also she's absolutely massive as well she'll be bigger than anything in this field and you would have to think that bleaker street tom will at least be the one to beat. Yeah, she's six to five on the morning line. I expect her to go off a short price favourite. And you touched on a horse she beat last time, which is number four, Rougier. Now, Rougier was sent off odds-on to beat her in the New York Stakes. I tipped her that day. I thought she was going to be a good thing uh, for Chad Brown, but she just did not fire. She was completely flat. She finished fifth, and there were no excuses as to why she didn't perform up to the standard that most punters thought she would. Prior to moving to the US, she was a really good horse in France. She won the Group 1 Prix de l'Opera before being sent over to the US in the uh, winter last year. She ran at the Breeders' Cup. She kind of disappointed, but she had a tough trip. And then she won a really weak renewal of the Bogey uh, Stakes at Belmont in May. Look, this filly has lots of talent. But last time out, she was bitterly disappointing. It's really difficult to back her at a reasonably short price to beat Bleecker Street, who clearly had her measure last time. Uh, the one horse that I can confidently put a line through and rule out in this race is the five horse. That's Delica, who recent form isn't quite there. Ran a, a decent second last time around at, at Churchill. That was in the, the mint julep. This is a very, very different ask. Um, this is a, a tougher race. It's a, a deeper race as, uh, as well. That was, yes, a, a bit of a return to form, but Delica is not one that I'm, I'm overly wanting to, uh, to trust. But good luck to Connections for, for turning up here. But this is a, this is a tricky race. 
Yeah, brave to take on all Chad Brown's runners and the Charlie FB train runner. Maybe Delica goes forward along with the number six in Italian, who's six to one on the morning line. The last of Chad Brown's four entries in this race. Another Dubawi filly, also bought from Tattersall's in Newmarket. She's made a good start to her career, not exceptional so far. But she has lots of early speed. I think she's going to be ridden aggressively by Joel Rosario. Maybe she is ridden as the pacemaker to set this up for the likes of Bleecker Street and Rougier, both of whom also race in Peter Brandt's double green silks. She ran okay last time in the Justa game. She was no match for Regal Glory, who just moved away in the closing stages. I feel like it's going to be a bit of a groundhog day. She's going to set the pace. Maybe she falters in the closing stages and finishes out the back. But she's an interesting runner in this race because we need her in here to set some kind of gallop along with Delita. Yeah, we've quickly gone with... We'll start with in Italian for the actual preview, Tom. Because we've quickly gone from in Italian being... She could be all right. To well, she's the pacemaker now, and, and that's 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 your job in this in this sort of organisation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Chad Brown does like to have some sort of speed in these races, especially when he's dominating it with sixty six percent of the runners. Um, look, Bleeker Street also comes from off the speed, and he doesn't want them to crawl early. Belika doesn't always go forward, although she should. So I think Chad's just insu- ensuring that there will be some sort of speed in here. In Italian, as you say, looks promising. Uh, but the fact that Chad is using her as a the rabbit rather than, um, you know, the horse that will come from off the gallop kind of suggests that he knows where her limit is and it's not at grade one level. The booking of Joel Rosario is slightly interesting on a front runner, though. What do you think about that? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, I, I wouldn't be reading that much into it. I, I think it's just a case of Joel Rosario was there uh, rather than anything else. Yeah, obviously, we know, we know Joel Rosario is very, very good at his best, but I can't even see an Italian fluke in this, I'm going to be honest, because I, th- no. I think that there will be others, the likes of Creative Flair probably being the main one that will take up um, fairly close attendance, maybe Delica as, as well. So it's not going to be a case of we get a, a front runner that goes 10 lengths clear and they sort of let, not have easy fractions, but 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 far from, from cutthroats, um, uh, sort of times in the early part of the race so yeah I'm, I'm not sure about in italian but as we say that the reason that she might well be that the the pacemaker in this race is because bleaker street is here and they want to find out how good bleaker street was because even last time around when they did go okay up front things still didn't pan out okay no they didn't go hard at all up front last time and bleaker street was just not suited by the pace she was sat last there were question marks about whether she was even a grade one horse now yeah she was six to six from six going into the race and she had so much potential. But we didn't just know that she was that grade one caliber yet. We knew she was grade two, grade three, but she still had to prove herself. And that's why she still went off a decent price, Rougier being the odds on favorite last time. But as you say, she just seems to be answering every question that Chad Brown is asking her. She quickened up from off the speed, race not run to suit, and she still won. This race should be run more to suit, though I think she'll be probably last or fifth early on. She'll have to come from uh, behind and pass some good horses again. I have to take her on at a short price, though I know you fancy her. Yeah, I, it was more a case of I kind of have to just because I think she's the she's the winner in the race. The thing that I like about Bleecker Street now is that it seems like Bleecker Street's going to be Irad's horse uh, going forward. You go back two runs ago for for Bleecker Street at um, at Churchill in the Modesty, uh, Flavian Pratt was on board and yeah managed to win. But then Flavian Pratt rode Rougier last time around, which fair enough, as you say, was a short price favourite, but. It seems that Rougier is now Flavian Pratt's horse and Iradatis Jr. has Bleecker Street, which I, going forward, very much prefer because you know exactly what you're going to be getting with uh, with these two. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's hard to see Rougier actually re- reversing the form. I think Rougier is a good filly, but she needs to give in the ground. There was rain at Saratoga actually on Thursday, but 
the ground's still going to be uh, listed as firm. It's going to, not going to be soft that Regia needs or even yielding. Um, I think Bleaker Street will confirm that form. Irad obviously had a great Belmont, um, was a leading rider. I think he's probably going to be the leading rider at this Saratoga meet as well. Flavin Pratt will have a say. Um, but I think Irad has got the strength of the rides. And maybe he chalks up a winner here. I like technical analysis, though. Um, I know he's been, she's been kind of overlooked in this field. We've been looking at the Peter Brandt runners. Bleaker Street should be favourite, as you've said. The technical analysis has virtually everything. There's so much upside uh, to this filly that I think she's got to be the player at a bigger price than Bleaker Street. She has acceleration from the gates, good gate speed. She's drawn in gate one, so she should be able to skim the rail throughout. Now, I anticipate her being maybe second, third early on. I think Delica will make the pace. I think in Italian will be alongside. Maybe technical analysis sits in that pocket back in third. That will give her race advantage over the likes of Bleaker Street and Rougier. She should be a length or two ahead of them turning in. And last time in the Galleretta Pimlico, we saw her willingness and tenacity to fight when she was put into a battle. Crystal Cliffs, trained by Graham Motion, came alongside as they turned in. And technical analysis just kicked and kicked and kicked. Now, I know that her head carriage is not ideal, and you've, you've touched on that already. She doesn't lack determination. Uh, she really just moved clear of Crystal Cliffs. Now, Crystal Cliffs won the Grade 2 Nassau Stakes at Woodbine last month. I mean, that really supplemented the form. I think technical analysis is a good filly. She's two from two at Saratoga. She won the Lake George and Lake Placid at this meet last year. Jose Ortiz takes the ride. Don't look at jockey bookings for technical analysis. Jose Ortiz has won on her all five times that she's won in her career. In fact, the only two times he hasn't ridden, she's lost. So I think Jose Ortiz's booking is a big tick. And I really like the step up and trip for technical analysis. I think if she's a length clear of the likes of Bleaker Street, she might be able to hold them off. I, 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 I get it. I want to be convinced. I really do. But I just, the head carriage puts me off a little bit. The fact that she was run down two outings ago at Plum Ally, uh, Ali. Everyone says that Ali. name differently. Ali, everyone says that name differently and I hate it. Um, yeah, Plum Ali. Uh, late on in the day, I can just see that happening here because there will be horses charging late, primarily Bleaker Street. Um, if Jose Ortiz does try and sit a little bit closer to the pace, then that could be the fate, effectively, uh, for um, for technical analysis. But like I say, I, I'm a little bit less keen on the head carriage than um, uh, than you are. If if she was a horse that managed to win time after time after time after time, then yeah, fair enough. Then then you could give technical analysis a, a little bit of a, a pass with that. But she does throw in a few lesser efforts per se, i.e. the Aqueduct run and then uh, at Keeneland as well. So. I don't know. At the price, if she's about the sort of nine to four that I'm kind of expecting, I could happily sort of leave that. I mean, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if she was nine to four, two to one. I think that's probably the price she should be. Um, I think she's going to open about threes. Well, she's threes on the morning line anyway. And we know what the traders over here do. Uh, they look at the morning line and, and tend to post their markets based on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so not the, SPK, not the SPK traders, of course. They're great. SBK traders know what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Others do not. Um, yeah, they, they tend to price these US races based on the morning line. And I don't think that's accurate in this race. And that's the sole reason why I'm taking on Bleaker Street and actually siding with technical analysis, mainly for the price, but also she has so much upside. Um, it's not like, you know, an Italian who has kind of a one chance of winning this, go to the front and hope to hold on, hope there's no pace pressure. Technical analysis can win this multiple different ways. The only thing I'll say is if Bleaker Street is ahead of her or maybe she doesn't break very well from the inside gate or there's some trouble in running, then I probably won't fancy her to, to hold off Bleaker Street. I think plenty has to go right for technical analysis regarding the early portion of the race. 
But as long as she's ahead of her main market rivals coming uh, for the home bend, I think she's going to um, have a great shot of actually holding them off and, and win this for Claridge Stables. There is a chance as well in this that's against technical analysis that Bleecker Street is just very, very good. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, she's seven from seven. Maybe I'm overthinking it completely. Uh, maybe this is the new filly um, on the scene, just going to dominate turf races across the US. Obviously, the East Coast turf horses are uh, much better, especially the fillies, than, than the West Coast. So we're seeing like the best of the best in this race. Chad Brown's just pitching um, all of his good fillies, probably just to see how good Bleecker Street is, you know. Um, I don't think she was really considered to be one of the leading lights before she made her debut. Um, she was, she, I think she made her debut in a $55,000 maiden special weight in Monmouth, which she won easily. Then was sent to Meadowlands. I mean, how many horses did Chad Brown send to Meadowlands? Well, and, then ta- and then Tampa. Yeah, exactly. Twice. Three races. Twice. Was it yeah. three? Was it... Three. Allowance optional claim and then two graded races. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Chad imagined that Bleecker Street would be uh, in the grade one, Diana, and sent off a really short price favourite yeah. um, later in her career. But who knows? She could just be this type that really just improves on the track and becomes that leading light for the stable. And I really wouldn't be surprised if she does go 8 for 8 here. But I think at short odds, uh, and for the sake of us not agreeing for once <laughs> on a US race, uh, I have to take her on. Yes. Yeah, we don't agree this week, thankfully. So we can both be wrong. But I, I, I do think there are two horses that can win the race. One of them is technical analysis. The other one, the more likely one, is, is Bleecker Street. But um, I don't really want to move on to the next part of the podcast. Because because you just make me really, really sad. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I did. Everyone at home is probably thinking, what are you talking about? But yeah, there was a, a conversation on, on WhatsApp between us yesterday where I basically just uh, decided to diss your, your number one horse in the UK, who is again running. No, 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 no not <laughs> my number one horse in the UK. A podcast's number one horse. He has been a hero. Uh, she, she, she. she put some, put some, put some respect on that name <laughs> go on tell us all about her go on well, bookmark has been wonderful for the podcast i not you i <laughs> sided with her, her two out uh, three outings ago i should say and also two but not on the podcast uh three outings ago when the most bizarre drift in the world happened because she was backed into five to four and i thought fair enough five to four is about the right price and she went off fours and she was just in free fall in the market. She managed to win. Callum Hutchinson dropped his reins, got into a bit of a mess, still won by a head. Uh, went to Chester, nightmare, fell out of the stools. The race was not run to suit whatsoever and just put a line through that. He did that. Then last time we sided with her on the podcast again. Big fan of her running on Saturday nights, by the way. It's been great <laughs> for us. Uh, but she does it again here and again at Doncaster. Now, last time around, the race wasn't ideal for her. We said at the time, there's no real pace in the race. And there's only the only way that you're going to get bookmark beaten is if you try and go a crawl however ryan sexton's a good rider and he sat bookmark second and they changed up how they actually uh, rode her yeah she came under a bit of pressure late on from oriental art who's run all right at brighton since but there's more to come from her because the race didn't go to plan she's only gone up three pounds in the way so she's won those two races one of them for mark of 70 one off 72 and now she's running off 75 ryan sexton's taken the five off I want to say again, but uh, sorry, uh, Christian Howard taking the five off uh, this time around it has been ridden by different claimers each time. So you can't get too into the nitty gritty of that. But this horse is just very well handicapped still. And I know for a fact that no one on this podcast would be stupid enough to take her <laughs> off. Isn't that right? Um, 
No. Uh, so th- let's just let's just talk about this race. So it's eight fifteen Doncaster. Yes, I do think Bookmark has a great chance of winning, and I appreciate your loyalty. She's done us great wonders on this pod so far. She's won twice for you, and no, I'm not surprised you're going to put her up again. I think she has got a good shot in this race, but it's a good heat. I think this is by far the best race she's tackled so far this year. And yes, she might still be well handicapped, but she's going to have to fend off two really decent horses for the level. Now the first is Atlantis. Who's making her, her first handicap start for Jonathan Sadie Gosden? I think she'll go off favourite. She's a three-year-old against four, generally four-year-olds in this race. She's rated 80, but gets the weight allowance. She has cheap pieces first time, which is a little bit of a worry for me. And last time she hung, she hung badly left under pressure. So that's the reason I want to take her on. But I really wouldn't be surprised if Atlantis won this. But Mark, as I say, is a leading player, but I, I just have to oppose her because I really like Kathy Yensis. Uh, she's my UK tip in the 815 at Doncaster. Last time out at Doncaster, over one mile two rather than a mile four. She was right out of the back. The race was run at a crawl. I was in the Sky Sports studio that day and I was saying, I think it was John Blance who was presenting at the time. And I was saying, well, the, the leaders are going to dominate. We saw the pace dominate all evening at Doncaster that night. Kathiensis right out of the back. They quickened up. Kathiensis just scooted right on by them. Really good acceleration for a horse at this level. Small field again. I think it might be a similar case, a similar scenario. They might go a crawl early. If she's out the back, I won't be uh, wondering, well, this horse can't pick up past these horses. She has ex- excellent acceleration. Now, the step up and trip is a slight worry. She's not for one over a mile four, but she was slowly away that day. I think she had to use plenty of energy to rush up into contention. I'm willing to take another chance on Kathy Entis, and hopefully, not for your sake, but hopefully she beats Bookmark. Uh, you are right, by the way. It was, it was the night you were on with John Blance in the Sky Studios. Uh, do you know how I know that? Uh, how do I know that? <laughs> because I also worked that night and took over from John Blance, but it was also the night that your soul selection that you put up on the podcast at Doncaster got stuffed. And um, it, was also, it, was, it was also the night the bookmark <laughs> won at Doncaster as well. <laughs> hey, this is the time that I get my uh, my compensation uh, for that night. I, I do really fancy Kathy Entis. And everyone was thinking, oh, Ollie Stammer, three-pound claimer, who actually rides the, the Grand Tour runner. Um, Ollie's got a great relationship with this filly. He's a good rider in his own right ridden plenty of horses for Mark Johnson who wouldn't use an amateur that's not good so don't uh, use that as a negative Ollie Stams is a good pilot especially on Kathy Anson have I convinced you yet? No <laughs> no no you have not <laughs> <laughs> hopefully uh, one of us has the winner anyway yeah one of us Kathy <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anson set for Tom Bookmark uh, for myself there's got to be loyal fans out there to bookmark you're not winning this one um and then in the diana tom you're siding with technical analysis yeah i like technical analysis in diana i think it's the 1003 at saratoga for people who are looking for the race time rather than just the name um it should be a two-horse race between her and bleaker street depending on who has that track advantage turning for home um yeah technical analysis for me look I, i'd be very disappointed if we didn't post two winners between us over the two races and um, we've covered the 815 at donny and, and the 1003 at saratoga Who's going to have the winners? Who knows? But as long as we're posting the winners, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, if Bleecker Street and, and Bookmark both win, then Tom might not be here next week, and there's no other reason behind that either. <laughs> yeah, I'll just blame it on uh, paternity, but it will actually be the reason I'll be sulking that I went yeah. zero for two and you went for two for two. It will actually be crying, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget, uh, every week, every week this is uh, around thus far uh, if you deposit 10 pounds into uh, uh, your new sbk account you'll get 30 pounds in free bets so new sbk customers put 10 pounds uh, in and deposit that you'll get 30 pounds in free bets um that's us done for the, the day you might be back next week but we we, we don't know
yeah, fingers crossed. Who knows what happens? But um, this podcast will go ahead no matter what. I mean, you'll be presenting and do a great job, I'm sure. It's Saratoga again next week. So, you know, you've got fantastic stuff to cover if I'm not here. And if I am here, then phenomenal stuff. I can't wait. I love Saratoga. Make sure you check out the cards on Friday if you're watching this on, on Friday afternoon, just as it goes live, or if you're watching this on Saturday morning. Make sure you look at the undercard as well because there are going to be plenty of good bets. Um, maybe I'll post a couple on my Twitch as well. Good time for a plug, isn't it? Uh, at Tompton, T-O-M-P-T-I-N. I see you shake your head, but you've got to do it in this game. Why Why, uh, Tom, why Tompton, by the way? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I, I generally don't actually know. Uh, obviously, oh. my name is Tom. My middle name begins with a P, so that's the Tomp part. I don't know where Tin came from. Maybe it's my favourite metal. Uh, but that's I, I, always, I always thought that's because you, you were told when you were younger that you looked like Tintin. <laughs> Never happened, but I, I can see the resemblance. <laughs> Fair enough. Especially when I used to have some sort of decent volume in the old hair. So, you know. Well, it's all hacked off now. It's gone. I know. It looks, looks lovely, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Uh Tom, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. I, I hope you're by my side next week. If not, uh enjoy those first two weeks. They're gonna be fun for you. Uh but thank you everyone for listening to the SBK Saturday night selections. As uh, I mentioned, you can catch this on all major podcast providers on YouTube. If you subscribe to the SBK account, you will be informed of everything that they put out on their YouTube channel, including this podcast each and every week. But for this week, thank you very much for listening. I will see you uh, next week. Until then. Have a very good week. Stay safe. Enjoy the heat. Look after one another. Goodbye.